0: Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. (laughs) Football is a game of passion. Bollocks! Villa have scored. And that... Is why we love it. <laughs> Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life.
1: It's
2: time to turn the volume down.
1: Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamadou Saki having an, an absolute howler, that doesn't count either.
0: The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. <laughs> he's a fraud. Zidane's oh, a fraud.
1: Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding.
2: Individual sport masquerading as a team game.
1: Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of the year.
2: BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. (laughs) It just doesn't
0: get any better, it? No. Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights. This week on the show, there's talk of an all-time Ringland bump as Arsenal come back from 3-0 down to earn a draw against West Ham. After an emphatic 3-0 victory over fellow strugglers Newcastle, will this be the week Christopher finally admits Brighton are safe? There's heartbreak in Birmingham as someone loses £250,000 because of a last-minute goal by Emerson. Have any of Bailey's nameless Chelsea rejects earned their way back into his good books? Nathaniel Phillips has been overlooked for the latest England squad and, of course the FA Cup chat. My name's Darren Scott and I'm here with Bailey
1: Hutchison, Christopher England boys. Lovely to be here. Another great weekend of football. The young man here is he's, he's a lot happier here, Chris, isn't he? He hasn't had to watch Liverpool in nearly well, six days now. And there's like another two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> what a time for it. What a time. Yeah.
2: How are you, Booth? Um, what a week. Uh, calm. Calm. Uh, I wasn't very calm earlier, but I'm calm, I'm calm now.
0: No, um, as we can attest to. Um, yeah, let's get them
2: rattled here again. Yeah, well, a
0: bit of a weird week in the football. Um, quite a lot of games played, but strangely only four that mattered. Um, <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> um I suppose, yeah, listen, the best place to start is obviously with the, the Premier League and, and it's with uh, West Ham United against Arsenal. Um, West Ham raced to a, a 3-0 lead inside about 30 minutes, uh, prompting some uh, some messages from Christopher in the group chat about how much he loves West Ham. There was a reference <laughs> to the fact that he called Arsenal a free one, these sorts of things. And I mentioned <laughs> at the time, I said, this is the danger of being the biggest ringland <laughs> bump I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and through to form, Arsenal got one, then two, then three, and if I'm being honest, we're unlucky not to get four and five. Um,
2: <laughs> tough one to watch, Chris. Um, I I will take I will take the point, but it was garbage. Nothing to do oh. with Arsenal or West Ham because of the referee, and that is that's not an emotional reaction. That's not a biased reaction. That is a simple uh, factual statement. It's a lot tougher whenever you're playing with the big boys now, isn't it, Chris? Well, well the, the thing I was actually thinking about. It, I was like, you know, we haven't had that many wrong calls against us, but it, they were so so blatant in this game. And look, yeah. listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take anything away from Arsenal. Martin Odegaard, oh my days, that guy is on another level. Good, um, good little player. He he should be playing for Real Madrid now, uh, even though he Real Madrid. <laughs> but he should be playing for that sort of club. No, the guy is outstanding. Um, Callum Chambers, uh, no idea what happened there. Um, C- Cafu, as was mentioned in commentary. Uh, uh, there was there was murmurings. Uh, you know, like you should be winning a match from three 0 up. But yeah, the, oh, it, it was it was a strange one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What a side Arsenal have. They have a Café in their team and then a Croydon de Bruyne, as Martin Tyler has to let us know every single weekend. He's the only one that calls him that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, Tyler
0: was on form in this game. Um, I noticed as well there was a corner came in, um, I think at 3-0, uh, a corner came in from Arsenal that the Fabianski kind of misjudged uh allowing Martin Tyler to come up with one of his famous puns and he said flappy Anski and then went on to talk about how good he's been for the last three years um, <laughs> so they just contradict himself and um,
2: if, 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 that, I mean, that's an old, like, classic when Fabianski used to actually play for Arsenal. But, you know, so Fabianski <laughs> wasn't
0: actually that good at the time. Of yeah. course. Cool. i was like of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, I talked about how West Ham, I think, were 2-0 two, up against Spurs. And I said, I've not really seen a team look so nervous
2: uh, defending a lead in a while. I mean, I, I don't know about that. But, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, they look nervy today. I, I think it's more like Arsenal, Arsenal turned on the gas... Uh, like after half, ta- you know, I, <laughs> it was like you know, all an attack on FIFA type thing. You know, I mean, look, we we had a foul against us. Jesse Lingard was two on two, like outside their box, and the referee blew it back, um, for our free kick when we were clean on goal. Um, Jared Bowen was fouled, uh, but it wasn't given, and then Arsenal scored from it. Um, were were the two particular incidents that riled David Moyes and myself, and I mean. Declan Rice almost scored the Puskas goal for twenty twenty one. So, you know, it could have been it could have been a phenomenal day in the end if we won four three with that goal. After he ran the pitch.
0: Yeah, that kind of shows you probably where Arsenal are at in that yeah, they play some lovely football, Odegaard looks good. Um but the reason they are a mid table team is that Declan Rice ran in a straight line for seventy yards unopposed and got a shot on goal. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, doesn't it, it was a great game of football? If you're talking neutral stuff, mm, prop, proper um, neutral stuff, That's... could have been sort of five five. You, you could talk about Antonio hitting the post at, at three two. I think. Um, mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Lack no, of zero, well, four, no, that nine. was a, that was a three three. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game of basketball. It was back and forth. Yeah, and and like I think it's a bit harsh on Dawson having another own goal to his name um, after how well he played. But good fish. Uh, <laughs> <my best>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If, yeah, if you're going to score an own goal, absolutely hammer it into the back of the net the way <laughs> he did. But then, great to see, and then we we continue. But, with,
2: look, look I mean, I, I, you know what? What have I got to say? You know, we're still, we're still, we're we're in contention for top four. Liverpool aren't, so you know, I'm I'm just going to keep it really. well, that. Let's, 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 let's not get nasty, Chris. Nobody mentioned anything. <laughs> That's <laughs> that not just
0: about the mention Lingard. You've just. Well, just well, well, that was just an unprovoked attack.
2: I, you know, so, oh. I could see it in your eyes that it was, you know, oh. you, that you're loving that you know, we've actually slipped up for the first time. Also, if this podcast had been last season or the <laughs> season before, like, can you imagine? I, I would be Scott Parker every week. Oh, this, this toxic
0: game's getting to you. You have yeah, this one blip. And brightener <laughs> on the brightener on form. <laughs> it's just not not a good time to be in your world, Christopher. But what I would politely ask is, let's not take it out on me, fella. I've not done anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But but yes, Jesse Lingard's goal was phenomenal.
1: Jesse Lingard's goal, first of all, fantastic, and then the presence of mind for the second with that quick free kick. Genius. Mm -hmm. Love it. Because I, I, I... I don't know if either of you were watching. I was watching Troops' live stream. <laughs> uh, to, to watch Troops see a, a quick free kick taken and then lose his mind as a count was one of the great internet moments I've seen. Great value. Um,
2: I, is it? Is, is this the guy who used to be part of Arsenal TV and got sacked or whatever or got cancelled?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's now over, but yeah, the, the moment where he goes, quick free kick, I can't believe, and they just start calling everyone a fraud, throwing them all on their bus, saying the season's over, Arteta out the works, and then obviously <laughs> they started to come back and this is the greatest team that's ever lived,
0: according to <laughs> And to be fair, I mean, that, that type of resilience from Arsenal is the thing that we've been kind of laughing at them for years about not having, um, hmm. typically when Arsenal used to go down in the past it, it tended to get worse um, and they, they looked a completely different side whenever they went 3-0 down it was just stabilisers came off it was like right let's go downhill and, and it was
2: great but, but 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 this is the thing the only reason that that was the case was because of Martin Odegaard and Callum Chambers everyone else was just your classic Arsenal performance like Callum Chambers crossing was unbelievable it was creating so many chances and like Odegaard, like everything that they were creating was going through him. Everything. Yeah. You know, like Aubameyang and stuff, you know I don't know. Like he, he got taken off ten minutes before the end of the game when they still needed the equalizer. You
0: know? But I think is it fair to say as well that it, it could have been worse? Like West Ham could have lost that game. I, well, well there are a few half chances yeah. at the end. Nicholas Pepe, I think somebody yeah. else had a yeah. shot as well towards the end. Like it, it, you know, before I think Arsenal had got the, the third equalizer. They had a couple of other chances as well. I mean, it could have gone either way. Obviously, West Ham could have nicked one as well. But
2: um... well, 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 well. Again, I mean, they wouldn't necessarily have scored their goals if the referee hadn't made the right call, and we would Mm -hmm. have actually scored goals maybe if the referee had also made the right call. So it's you know it's swings and roundabouts. You know, Mm -hmm. fine margins. What's the ref?
1: John Moss, John Moss, Moss. yeah, he, he, John Moss did have his Arsenal pajamas on at times today. Like, well, <laughs> like there were points where I thought, yeah, he's not playing. This isn't equal what he's given out here. Now obviously I, I was hoping West Ham would lose, but even I was going, this is this is a poor refereeing performance here.
2: I mean, d- directly after those incidents, uh, Kufal uh, got Aubameyang ran into Kufal and Kufal got booked. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was a real numbers book and so it was it just handed out that many files the West Ham he's like I have to book someone here knowing that it probably wasn't the right decision but he just had to do it but
0: listen tough one for the Hammers listen I respect the opinion that you've taken Chris of this isn't our fault we're blaming this on on a referee I I like that but that is 3-0 up half an hour into the game (laughs) to not take a win from (laughs) it I mean there's very little a referee can do that would swing a game. I think that much.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, well, well, Darren. In fact, if uh, we had have had our two on two chance with Lingard uh, eighteen yards from goal, we actually could have made that opportunity. But that that's okay. Mm. What was what was the expected goal value of that if they had
1: gone through, Chris? <laughs>
2: Um, I would say, I don't even know how it's measured, 3.4? Whatever's a high number, I don't know. Right.
0: Not sure that, that's how it works. I, I don't think you can get above,
1: above one,
0: because um, a goal can only count for one, so it can't be three.
1: <laughs> um,
2: but. <laughs> three. <laughs> Uh, well you know um... <laughs> yeah all well, time
1: bottle job and all time answer there Chris. <laughs> anyway Christopher
0: we'll let you calm down we'll move on to Brighton um, who, took a, a, a step towards, uh, who took a massive step towards who took a massive step towards survival in the Premier League with a 3-0 win over uh, I think it's fair to say an absolutely piss poor Newcastle lot Um Couple of good goals. Um, again, I mean, Chris, you'll love this. Uh, second week in a row, Brighton um, outplayed their expected goal stat. I think it was less than one, uh, and obviously they scored three. Uh, that guy Welbs got in on the action. Trossard and him scored exactly the same goal. Um, and Newcastle, uh, I think their expected goals was not point not three. They could still be playing now, and they wouldn't have scored. <laughs> um, huge three points for Brighton. Uh,
2: Newcastle are down. <laughs> As I said several months ago, actually, I think, on this podcast, uh, Newcastle. And, and you, you, you kind of went, ooh, ooh. I said, I said they're down, and they're, they're down. That's it.
1: Yeah, I, I can't argue. I think whenever you said Newcastle are down at that time, I think Wilson was still in the team. So Maximum was still about. I think now, with those two missing, this Newcastle team are pretty pathetic. I've watched Newcastle. I th- I've watched two full 90-minute games of Newcastle recently. It was this one. And the game against West Brom, and I have to say, two of the worst ninety minutes I've seen out of a team ever. Like they'll hit my top five lists whenever, like I'm on my deathbed. Shocking uh, this.
0: And rumours, obviously, as well about some stuff going on in the background. You, you, Matt Ritchie, Bailey, you were making up some allegations about the long staffs. Um, it just there, there seems <clears> to be. What have got on?
1: No pride, okay. good, good. to see. I don't it. know which one, but one sure. of them did.
0: Um, but just there seems to be a lot of unrest in the camp as well. There's obviously always um, talk about about the owner and and you know whether Steve Bruce will get the sack or not get the sack and and it just it doesn't look like the greatest um, environment to be playing football in at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think whenever you talk about unrest, the amount of Newcastle fan groups and. I didn't know clubs had their own pressure groups. The only club I've ever heard to have one is Newcastle. I I was reading an article last night where they referenced at least three different pressure groups to get Steve Bruce out, and then the article kind of went on to say about how this ownership doesn't... It it doesn't chop and change the way, like, a province sees three bad games, you're out. Whereas Mike Ashley seems to just let it stir. I think they, they were going back to, like, Pardue, how like Rafa the other year just sat about for a year beyond what everyone kind of thought he would do. And uh, Newcastle came out and said, We're sticking by Steve Bruce after these recent games. It is wild and it's toxic.
0: Well, I think comparing it to Chelsea is tough because, you know, to be fair to Newcastle, they probably don't have the financial means to be paying managers out Mm. of contracts and then signing new managers up to them. Also, there's always, because of the pedigree at Chelsea, there's always going to be. Big names in the mix for yeah. for taking that job on, whereas you know Newcastle potentially there isn't. Not to be disrespectful to them, but I don't imagine mm-hmm. there's many top managers. Look at that Newcastle lot. And think, oh, yeah, I, I fancy taking that on for
2: the next two I months. I don't, I don't know. Do you remember when uh, Pochettino was was still sitting about? Um, there was you know, there was a couple of rumours. Oh, I bet he's glad he didn't take that. <laughs> like how how much how much um clout do you give Mike Ashley Because I remember him saying that um, you know, oh we, we just don't have the financial uh, resources that every mm. other club does. But but I, I find that I find that difficult because their financial clout is surely comparable to Crystal Palace. To
0: yeah, I mean they've Brighton. had
1: some
0: Yeah, they've they've spent big money on players like Jalinton.
1: Well, Ashley's one of these. He's how many months are we in now? Probably eight or nine months beyond in in that job beyond what he thought he would be because they were. This was a club that was sold last summer, and yeah. then that deal obviously fell through. So, oh, the side his head probably yeah. isn't really there. Like this guy just wants done, wants rid of the club. Yeah and there was always talk of that with him
0: um, I remember during the, the Rafa time I think there was a period where, where he was quite um, well thought of by the Newcastle fans and I think he was keen to stick around and, and there was some talk that, that basically he was too ambitious he he wanted
1: mm. Newcastle <laughs>
0: to spend money and try and push on to become you know a mid-table team or a top too half ambitious. team or whatever and actually had no interest in, in investing that kind of money because obviously he was looking to sell the club um, so the whole thing I mean it's just a mess It's and it's a shame because um, obviously you know it's a massive stadium you know the fans they love football and, and they're just kind of stuck with what they've
2: got at the moment it's not ideal they, 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 they've they had a tough ride for about 15 years mm-hmm. the <laughs> except for that one year when Demba Ba and Papi say destroyed the Premier League um, oh, every yeah. other year that was a good year <laughs>
1: <laughs> big party all the year that year wasn't it <laughs> <Ka-bye>. <laughs> is that the year he danced at Wembley no no um, no was, I think he was at Crystal a, Palace oh uh, yeah. Oh, but he, he could have taken that team to the final. Oh, that was a great, great eleven. <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah, uh, you were talking there, Chris, about about Newcastle being down. Um, obviously Fulham didn't have the best result this weekend either. Um, they lost two one to to Leeds. There is still a little bit of a gap there. Um, um but it's going to be tight. Um, I am with you. It's mm-hmm. going to be
2: tight. It's going to be tight. But but I mean, with like nine matches or whatever, like Fulham win. Three of them and Newcastle win one of them, then yeah. Newcastle are down. So, uh, you know, it's like. Yeah, the football film
0: players is, is a million times better. And um, yeah, but it, it's going to be tight down there at the bottom yeah. anyway. The um, fibre
1: on Fulham is far better. Like, you just look at Fulham, oh, you yeah. see the players seem to like, be happy there, that they're in that fight. And I think there's a bit of hope that they will get out. Whereas Newcastle, the entire mood mm-hmm. is the complete opposite, I think, to the point, whenever. I think Brighton have had one win at home in their last eighteen or something. Whenever you're getting into those statistics and you lose, last no, one win in eighteen. Mm. Yeah, mm. brutal. So that's absolutely that, brutal to lose that. Game.
2: That was the unfortunate thing that the stat of Brighton their last three home wins being in the last three years has now ended. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're right though, because uh, I noticed like after Fulham conceded a goal that was VAR ruled out. Uh, when, when did you see that? When Luke Ayling? Uh, scored mm. well he thought he scored and then he did a <laughs> celebration where he got his lion me and hair out and started doing yeah. the air guitar <laughs> um, yeah. uh, he he's been playing that for years when he got <laughs> yeah. promoted uh, godet it. um, and after be a that and um, he does look him yeah <laughs> <laughs> after that um the uh, our our friend Harrison Reed was um was very adamant that they needed to wake <laughs> up um after that so a uh, bit a of, bit, of, bit of leadership in the camp
0: Anyway, we'll see we'll see what goes on towards the the end of the season. I'm with you, Chris. I think Fulham should be fancying their chances, really. Especially do they have to play in Newcastle? I don't know. Well, that could be a six point or that. Um <laughs> there was FA Cup play this week. Hey, so there was. Um Whey! I'm gonna lean heavily on you two. Um I, I did watch <laughs> the Manchester United Leicester game. Um, partly because I Didn't realise when I switched it on that it was an FA Cup game. I just saw two (laughs) top Premier League teams. Yeah, stick that one. so I watched that. I haven't seen any of the other games, and I don't know results. So, gonna results. I don't know results. No. Right. Um, You'd think, given that I co-host a podcast about football, that I would have looked into it. But I really don't involve myself with the FA Cup. I just can't do it. So um, I know that Leicester beat Manchester United by three goals to one. I know that Harry Maguire was brutal. I know that Fred was brutal. I know that Donny van de Beek was brutal. The best thing he did was actually get out of the way of a ball for Greenwood's equaliser. I, and I think when I'm saying that the best thing you've done in a game is not
1: touch the ball, that's not a good sign. <laughs> I think you, you've definitely watched the one game that was worth watching. The other three weren't great they were proper FA cut ties I think whenever we talk about Southampton beating Bournemouth you're not talking about a top quality fixture so yeah the Leicester United game was really the only one worth watching I think you said there about Fred being brutal Fred's <coughs> pass the Iheanacho latches onto that was stuff out of the Shaka Leno kind of playbook from <laughs> the other weekend so it was with Maguire like Maguire shouldn't play that pass in the first place to be the captain of that football club and then to see Fred under pressure, and go, yeah, I've got to give him the ball there. We've got we've got no one covering. Yeah, he can deal with it. Top international player, and then Ian Achtu latches onto to it one nil, brutal for Man United. Uh, nine and nine for Ian Atchew. Sort of like remember whenever he first kind kind of came on the scene at City, he's and he was he on scored fire. so many goals. Yeah,
2: he scored so many goals from Man City. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and then Guardiola came in and was like, "Nah, he's not the guy."
2: <laughs> uh, he's he's also depressingly someone who's almost exactly the same age as us. So, no, that is
0: frustrating. No, yeah. I'm fair play to him because he's had the wait for his chance oh yeah you know, he sat on the bench yeah. for however long and it's really only that Harvey Barnes has got injured and James Madison's been injured that he's kind of got a look in and um, as you say nine and nine he's just Leicester have done, it's a couple of players Barnes did it earlier in the season oh yeah and now Ian Atchoo just the, yeah. just at the right time these boys just, yeah. for, like, just catch fire and I, it's infuriating I mean we slag Brandon off Bailey but the guy must have some sort of personal team talk for,
1: <laughs> to pep people up <laughs> So he must have the envelope side with him. Yeah. Who's going to let me down?
2: Who's letting me down uh, so far? No one's done it. I, I I mean, third in the FA Cup, or second in the FA Cup, will be a stunning season for Leicester. Well, who are they going to play in the semi-final? So, I, I want to talk about the draw first,
1: because the draw was done oh. at half-time during this game, which, firstly, what? weird time to have a draw of anything. And typically, the way the draw is done for the FA Cup is... There's the bag of balls. That's then put into like this kind of bowl, and then whichever ex-player is there doing commentary fiddles about, picks them out. Not this weekend. They had the four balls out, the velvet bag. Who was it? Dion Dublin, I believe, did it? Into the bag, gave the bag a shake, and then just picked them out of the bag. That's not an official draw. Barely gave it a shake. It's the fake. <laughs> like if we're going to take this competition seriously. <laughs> At least do the draw seriously. So anyway, picks out. Uh, I believe Southampton are going to play Leicester, and then Man City are going to play Chelsea in the other semi-final. Because yeah, yeah. it was kind of an interesting one in that Man City was the first name out, and or Southampton was the first name out, and they're looking at the possibility of two teams that have beaten them nine nil in the past two years as their <laughs> opponent. <laughs> So yeah they they got Leicester, so it should be in theory Leicester should be in the final.
0: and who did um Chelsea and Man City beat to get to the semis?
1: So City right. beat Everton, which I didn't yeah. watch because you knew City were gonna win, and then Chelsea beat uh, Sheffield today. With... Sheffield. Sheffield <laughs> We're in the yeah. quarter
0: fi- Bournemouth and Sheffield United made the quarter Darn. finals. This talk about the, the draws.
2: Dig. My Sheffield, every game Sheffield United won in the Premier League this year was after they won in the FA Cup
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
2: I'll tell you what Sheffield
1: gave the boys a game what <laughs> score it was 2-0 now Chelsea were 1-0 up for the majority of it and then were getting battered by Sheffield like there was a point where Rian Brewster what? nearly scored his first goal I, it was <laughs> terrifying and then towards the end I think they got caught up the pitch a bit and then uh, Ziyech Scores a bit of a stop particle, so he did.
2: Right? Um, well, in the um, Everton Man match, uh, Everton had to play their third choice goalkeeper, Joao Virginia, who uh, fair played him. I thought he did quite well because uh, Pickford is injured and uh, Robin Olsen's house has been burrowed recently or something. <laughs> he's, he's out of. I, well, mean, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's why, but. First I'm hearing of
0: it, but does that warrant a day off work?
2: Well, Cardinal Ancelotti has come home the world. So, yeah, I was going to say Everton's on a real streak of it here. Sanchez was, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but my favorite thing about that game was that Pep Guardiola semi under cloak, like he had it has hood up and his mask, um, sat and like just watched Everton warm up, like really, like really intensely and really scrutinized it, and uh, and I think that played a part in how they how they won. And also the fact that their, their bench and their starting eleven was outrageous. <laughs> and as Carlo Ancelotti said, it is the best team in the world. Um, and a uh, quick summary of southampton Bournemouth for you, Darren, as you obviously wouldn't have watched that. Southampton smacked Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, hard to believe they were a Premier League team uh, months ago because they were horrendous and had about three goals ruled out for VAR. It was already 3-0. Nathan Redmond was unreal. And Jonathan Woodgate, has the most broad Middlesbrough accent I've... I, I didn't realise, I'd never heard him speak. So <laughs> that's what happened on the South Coast. One, one time of Real Madrid. You wonder how... He can...
0: did he not scoring no a goal and get sent
2: off on his Real Madrid debut? Listen, yeah. a lot of people rent him for that. A lot of people rinse him for that. But the guy was a very, very good defender. Um, oh. You know, at Spurs and everything. Yeah, I don't doubt
0: that, but that's a stinking debut. <laughs> and the Ruthless over there in Madrid the fan base yeah
1: that, get the white tiles out so Listen, especially like that, you know.
2: 2004 Real Madrid that type of yeah. Galactico era
1: yeah Aye, whenever you're going oh we've, we've got a we've got a mate for Beckham here
2: and then the, this no, clown the, rocks up I actually looked up a photo of um, of like you know when they do the, the picture like uh, before yeah. they start playing mm-hmm. of oh, that Woodgate was like his debut and it was Beckham Ronaldo Roberto Carlos a young Sergio Ramos <laughs> <laughs> Goody. Um it was uh, it was a stunning like see a stunning lineup of players and just Jonathan Woodgate. And Thomas Gravison, remember that guy, played for He was in goal two. Anyway. Okay.
0: Um there was also a Champions League draw. I don't know if you were looking to touch on that, Bailey, um, for any of the teams. Uh, Still in it. Um, I've often said the only competition that matters. (laughs) (laughs) The only action action
1: for Liverpool during the week. Now, I'll be honest, I had everything crossed for Porto and then everything also crossed for Liverpool. I think any team in that draw, I think you look at PSG, you look at Bayern, the two teams everyone was wanting were Liverpool and Porto. Oh, 100%. (laughs) like no doubt and then for both those teams to fall on chelsea's side of the draw i can't believe i've gone from two months ago thinking this is an absolute joke of a club can't believe we've we've sacked super frank I've, i've lost all hope the club's lost its identity i no longer feel connected didn't watch the game against wolves tonight i'm looking at it going we're gonna win the champions league
2: Oh, People? really? I mean,
1: really?
0: Well, I alluded to it in our intro. Um, <laughs> you know, has this resurgence in form and, and what TuCal's done? You talked about how a lot of the players in this Chelsea team that Tuchel uses aren't your players. And that's mm. what I was wondering. Have any of these guys now kind of earned their status back in your good books? Are any mm. of these players, you know, number two, number three, number 17, have
1: they become your players again? I'll be honest. For number two, he was going to have the longest road back of anyone. And what we've said on this podcast, the football under Thomas Tuchel isn't the most exciting. There's been a lot of under two and a half goal games, I think, under the guy. I don't think there has been any higher than that, actually. But Antonio Rüdiger against Atletico Madrid was an iconic performance from the guy. (laughs) To go out there and wind up, the biggest wind-up merchants in European football over the past (laughs) decade, was sensational. To have Luis Suarez in your back pocket over two legs, I think in the first leg, Luis put his hand on Rüdiger's neck, he wound him up that much. Suarez then gets subbed in the second leg, and then it gets to the stage where Savage elbows him from a corner. And the only reason Savage gets sent off and actually does that is because they were already grappling from the corner before The referee comes over and tells the two of them, less of it, I'm not having it. And Rudiger keeps at him to the point where Savage is going, the only thing I can do here is elbow him to wise up. And then an all time acting performance from the guy to go down. Then, yeah, the the iconic, the now iconic moment where Hermoso is backpedaling, chirping. Rudiger going, you shouldn't have done that, you know, giving him a classic (laughs) Atletico chirp, you know. <laughs> we're, we're the only ones allowed to do stuff like that, you know. And then Rüdiger's giving them the psycho eyes, telling them back off. And then Kurtzuma gets involved, and Hermoso kind of looks back on. I would have taken one, I'll not take both of them here. Great stuff. Yeah, he, iconic performance from. He gets his name back. So number two is back in the books. Number two is back in the books. Mateo Kovacic has his name back. I'll let him have that. Uh, number, number thirty-three, Billy. Number 33. Well, let's get on to this, Darren. You wanted to,
2: yeah. talk, about wanted to talk about everything? Th- yes, yeah, so
1: the
0: reason we're, the, we're talking a little bit about the Champions League is because there was a very unfortunate um fellow named Alan Davis from Birmingham uh, who but, missed out on £250,000 um, that he would have got from winning uh, Sky Sports Super 6, um, which is where you pick six games and, and accurately predict uh, the result in all six games. He had one. He had five correct answers and had predicted Chelsea to have a 1-0 win uh, in their game. Obviously looking very good, sort of 80, 80 90 minutes into the game, Chelsea are 1-0 up. Uh, a couple of minutes of added time, he's looking you know, on course for his £250,000. And unfortunately, number 33 uh, comes on to score a, break, a pointless breakaway goal <laughs> in the 94th minute to Rob, Mr Alan Davis of Birmingham of a quarter of a million pounds.
1: Um, tough to say. Yeah, yeah, you do. Hit. Especially, he's probably looked at it. I mean, Chelsea being 1-0 up, and he's seen them bring on two left-backs. He's seen Emerson, he's seen Chilwell come on. He's gone, right, happy days. They're going to see this out 1-0 in the bag, and then yet the most com- like unnecessary breakaway goal. And you can see even, uh, so Pulisic's going. Golo Kante actually runs past Pulisic. In the 90th minute. So players were breaking their necks to try and get this goal mm-hmm. completely on the... I, yeah, it's a real bad beat for the guy. Even the, the reaction on Sky Sports News. Tim Sherwood had his head in his hands. <laughs> for the guy, uh, the, the guy who presented it had to apologise to Chelsea fans for the reaction of the pundits in the studio as they were all uh. reading for this guy <laughs> losing out in this jackpot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and what I've been thinking about is... Like for this guy, Alan Davis, how do you get over losing £250,000 like that? Yeah, to a guy who doesn't play ever. Well, you'll be delighted to hear that I've been giving this a little bit of thought this week. And, uh, you know, I've been diving back into some of my research, as is my want. Um, I know in the past (laughs) we've looked at um, topics like Tuchman's stages of team formation. Uh, So this week I've been looking into what is loss and how do we get over it? Um, And and (laughs) of course, as as you both know, as we all know, we can't talk about loss without talking about psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who who in 1969 introduced what has now become known as the five stages of grief. Uh, These stages were originally based on her studies of feelings of patients facing terminal illness, but many people have now generalised these into other types of negative life changes, such as deaths of a family member the ending or breaking up of a relationship, or in this case, losing out on life-changing sums of money because of a completely irrelevant goal by a below-average footballer. Uh, and what Elizabeth talked about, the five stages of grief is, as defined by Elizabeth, are, are obviously denial, those initial stages of, you know, why is this happening to me? Anger, <laughs> why is this happening and who can I blame? Uh, bargaining, depression, I'm too sad to do anything. And then finally you get to acceptance, which is where, you you know, you you... Come to the realization that you are at peace with what has happened. You've come to terms with what happened, uh, and obviously you want to pass through those stages as quickly and as healthily as possible. Um, so, so my my question to you guys is: you know, how do you get over that loss? How's this guy? What's he need to do?
1: I think he he needs the European Championships. What he needs is England to batter Italy at some stage in the European Championships. So, <laughs> because at the end of the day, he's he's one guy to blame, and it's Emerson. He had no need to be in that position. He could have actually taken the ball into the corner, maybe, just seen the clock down. No need for that strike at all. So, yes, he he needs either Emerson, he needs the higher-ups at Chelsea to find Emerson a terrible loan deal, or else he needs England to go out there and put five or six past Italy in the summer here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really like the idea that you talked about, Bailey, of focusing all of your energy on, on who you can blame. We've talked before about football being a toxic game whereby you take out your deeply negative visceral emotions on others around you and then in turn take that negativity from you and pass it on to others and the circle keeps going around. So yeah, my advice to Alan would be you know, find somebody in your life that you can blame for this, who you can take this loss out on just so that it's out of your system and and really make it somebody else's problem. (laughs) (laughs) And with that in mind, I think we're going to move on to... Chris, you wanted to talk a little bit about... International squads announced this week. Jesse Lingard got the call back into the squad. Yeah,
1: I was just gonna say on the England squad, few like a few surprises. Lingard's in there. He probably won't make it in the summer if Grealish and Mm. Allison are available. I thought uh, Bamford unlucky to miss out.
2: Agree. Yeah, because Ollie Watkins got in.
1: Yeah, Ollie Watkins made it in. Calvert-Lewin made it in. It's tough, but I think Bamford's been so good recently. I think that was a real surprise exclusion for me. I think it'll be just obviously it's a very different style. Like the lead style is
0: so unique. Mm -hmm. You know, how well can Patrick mould in on what is going to be quite short notice if you're thinking about players who can play in the Euros? Um, You know, Bamford would have to come in really, only have I think this and then the camp. Pre Euros in the summer, yeah, two games before to to kind of integrate in and um I don't know what age exactly Patrick is but maybe if they're just working on the assumption that you know take Calvert-Lewin a little bit younger uh, Mm -hmm. they've obviously I mean Kane's going to
1: start you know that as well so it's all about you know what options have you got backup wise yeah that is fair I think there was the other surprise inclusion slash exclusion for me was Kieran Trippier
2: made the squad Uh, I I was going to say this I love to see it.
1: Which Southgate had said, based on the entire squad, was based on form. Now, Kieran Trippier <laughs> hasn't played in weeks, as as we've discussed here, as the guy's been suspended for his gambling. <laughs> Meanwhile, Trent Alexander-Arnold has not made the squad, and now he gets two weeks off Lovely. to prepare himself for the, the run-in.
2: absolute joke. Yeah, I, I, it was based on form. I thought Aaron Cresswell was very unlucky to knock it in ahead of... Um... Was Ben Chillwell? Don't know who got in the end. Yeah, Chilwell's in there. Yeah, I would have put him in ahead of Chillwell. Um, yeah, so the, I, 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 love how you put uh, Jude Bellingham gets in. Um, that guy is an absolute rock storm. Um, he is going to be.
0: he? I could tell you nothing about the guy. He plays he's in
2: Germany. He's He's a phenomenal box to <laughs> box to box. Billy, like, the guy is seventeen. I mean, like, you know, take a step back here. Seventeen, Germany, Chris? Yeah. We've discussed the ge- here. Do you, do you remember Germany. when you were 17, Billy, what you were like when you were 17? Let's
1: <laughs> ah, <that's> not discuss <laughs> it.
2: Like, maybe, c- probably... maybe
0: could have been second division in Germany. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for it's Augsburg it... or something. They're definitely, it's in, the it's the fact They're definitely it... in the top division, surely. I've no idea. I've heard of them.
2: <laughs> 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 it... It, it's the fact that he's a phenomenal box-to-box uh, midfielder. Can do defensive, can do attacking. Mm. So um, he's going to be very good in the future years. Well,
1: he better be good. Otherwise, Birmingham City, I think he moved from, looked like absolute yeah. mugs because they retired his shirt number whenever he moved. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, they it didn't. It's the worst move in, ever in football. The guy who's 16-17 leaving the club now that's how they retire his shirt number. Oh, I don't like that at all.
0: <laughs> Don't
2: like that at all. I mean, there, I mean, other than that uh, phenomenal League Cup win against Arsenal that time, it, there's not much to shout about really. But mm. um, I built the statue while you're at it.
0: Anyway, uh, moving on, Billy. Have we gotten in the mud this week?
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. One of the easiest ever. It <laughs> is Tottenham Hotspur for being Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, just to break down the situation, we're going to talk about Spurs in the Europa League. Uh, first leg, easy encounter, as one should expect against Dynamo Zagreb on a Thursday night. 2-0 Tottenham, both Harry Kane goals, 68% possession, place in next round, booked. And then, the following Monday, even more disaster for Dynamo as their manager resigns. Uh, the Supreme Court in Croatia confirmed the Municipal Court's ruling that Zoran Mamic, the manager, alongside his brother, would serve four years and eight months in prison. For tax evasion and embezzlement of fifteen point five million euros from the club, <laughs> from great from music. the club
2: from Dynamo Zagreb,
1: from Zagreb. <laughs> <down was
2: agrib. laughs> so,
1: great news of your Spurs. Easy game on Thursday, but yeah, let's not forget this is Tottenham Hotspur. This is their DNA. Uh, second leg was this Thursday. Spurs made seven changes to their lineup, uh, but still consisted of the likes of Harry Kane, Lucas Moura, Deli Alley. And then, just to break into the game, two goals from Mislav Orkic in normal time took the game an extra time where he would complete his hat-trick to knock out Mourinho's men. Harry Kane had two great chances to sneak Spurs through to the next round, but instead of being the top striker that he is, he remembered he has a reputation of bottling big moments against Croatians they uphold. <laughs> 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 sorry sorry to uh, bring on a for and England fans that might be listening. And, yeah, of the seven changes made by manager Jose Mourinho, five were substituted throughout the game. Uh, Mourinho told BT Sport after the game, if I forget the last minutes of extra time where we did something to get a different result and go through, in the 90 minutes and first half of extra time, there was one team that decided to leave everything on the pitch. They left sweat, energy, blood. In the end, they even left tears of happiness very humble and committed, I have to praise them. On the other side, my team, they didn't look like they were playing an important match. If for any one of them it is not important, for me it is. And then there was a video that circulated around social media of Mourinho going into the Zagreb changing room, obviously to try and make it all about himself again, and just started (laughs) applauding them shaking hands Uh, so yeah just very very spursy all around and it's kind of it's got a weird week where it's like where does this leave spurs because i think at this point it's tough to get rid of mourinho uh conflicting reports coming out this week that there's no break clause in mourinho's contract so if they want to sack him it's going to cost 30 million and then to try and to just build on the matter uh ornstein uh famous for breaking every piece of arsenal transfer news ever so reliable. Uh he reported today that Harry Kane wants to leave in the summer and that Levy's prepared to accept an offer of 120 million. But he has said like Kane won't go public with this. But he's made it well known at, at the training ground that he wants out.
2: Is the consensus amongst us three that Mourinho isn't the problem at Tottenham? I think it's t-
1: I think whoever was coming in after Potts had a tough because it's the connection potch made with A the players and B the fans, especially whenever it's Mourinho coming in, being ex-Chelsea, ex-Man United. I think it was always going to be tough. I think it's just ingrained in these Spurs players. To be honest, I think I seen the I didn't watch it on Thursday night. I seen the highlights, and it was awful, like genuinely terrible. And that's a complete mentality thing of oh we're two 0 up, we're going to walk through here. And then to let Zagreb score two and then panic sets in where you're bringing on five players to rescue a tie. Yeah, but kind of go towards, yeah, the players on it. But yeah, it's tough on Mourinho. I think it's a bad situation for him.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's too much scar tissue in the squad. Um, There's too many yeah. sort of emotional, painful, emotional wounds that that um that these players flash back to whenever things start to go badly. Um. I'm a big Jose Mourinho fan. Um, I think when he's given complete freedom to do things his way, he gets results. Um, but you need players who buy into that. And in a weird way, if Harry Kane goes, whilst it's never going to be ideal, if Levy backs Jose enough to say, OK, you got the Harry Kane money, plus whatever else from selling other players, plus mm. whatever I give you on top of that um, to buy your squad, then I think they could do something. I think the problem they have is the Premier League so competitive um you really need to be going two losses a season to be winning the league mm. like you lose more than two games you're likely out of it um so th- i mean that's a problem that he has but yeah obviously the europa league would have been a target for them it puts such a massive amount of pressure on this league cup final um against <laughs> yeah. against man city where they're definitely not going
1: to be favorites yeah it's not good just on that point, I've actually just remembered, as you mentioned, Joe Hart's name, his social media blunder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
2: yeah, D- yeah, Don't I don't
1: know if you've seen, uh, Joe Hart posted after the game, uh, he shared the Spurs Instagram post uh, showing the 3-0 result, uh, and he said, job done, thumbs up. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what perspective you look at it from <laughs> job done I don't have to fly to Eastern Europe anymore on yeah. Thursday Thursdays <laughs> with the family <laughs> so Joe's not going to see another minute of action the oh. great stuff from him I want to know who it was, if it was him or like a social media team but yeah, he came out straight after, hands up apologising great, great <laughs> moment to compound the Spurs misery there
0: Obviously, at time of recording, um, the Spurs have just finished uh, their game against Aston Villa, which I believe um, was a 2-0 victory. Um, Josie, I think it looks like, from the players that I'm seeing out there, has made uh, a number of changes to the team, maybe changed the shape a little bit as well. I think Vincinius, uh, or Vinicius, <laughs> or that shows you how much I've seen him this year. Um, <laughs> I think he started and I think he scored. Um so again, sometimes it's not all bad if like it gives Jose an excuse to drop people he, he now doesn't like and um, can put out people that he trusts and whatever. But um, at least they've got a result this weekend. It's an important three points for for them in the Premier League and and uh, yeah, I think their focus now just turns to that League Cup final. Anyway, boys, I think uh, I think that's pretty much us for. Uh, today, um, thank you very much for being here. Obviously, a bit of a weird week with doing sort of Premier League, FA Cups, and Champions League, a bit all over the place. But um, you know, I thought it was good, and uh, obviously, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, because there is international football, as we've alluded to, and um, this week there will be no podcast. Next week, we'll take a week off, and we will be back again on the seventh of April. Good stuff, gents. See you soon. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. See you in two weeks.